Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The following is a paid program. The views or claims made are not necessarily those of WILK staff, management, or sponsors. Time for Laurie and Lynn. Local talk to start your weekend right. And now, Laurie and Lynn on WILK. Hello, everybody. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? I am just fine. Before we go one minute further, we have to make the big announcement. Happy, happy birthday. It's Miss Lynn Evans' birthday. Now, you're listening. We're taping Thursday the 14th. You're listening on the 16th, and her birthday's the 15th. Yay. <laughs> Not to confuse between. you anymore. So, Lynn Evans is, how old are you, Lynn? 66. 66, baby. Mm-hmm. I love it. Double so, sixes. happy, happy birthday. Thank you very much. It's always a good thing. Birthdays are a good thing. They are a wonderful thing. And we'll be out doing a little celebration, yes, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Would you like to mention where? Well, at this point, it's Russell's. Yeah, it is. We're all set. I made the reservation. Okay, good. The Gilmartins are joining us. Good. Maybe the Petersons. Oh, all right. We don't know yet. Okay. So we're making it as, as fun as possible. But right now, it's the three of us, the three couples. Okay. This is good. I love it. So happy, happy, my friend. Thank you, dear. You don't I look really... a day over 20. <laughs> yeah, right. You're so cute. Right. So cute. <clears throat> so any other plans for the weekend for you? Yes, unfortunately, I will be attending um, a funeral service on this oh, morning geez. as you're listening. Uh, one of uh, my dearest friends, Joan Glover's mother, passed Aww. away this week. And uh, Florence Glover was, I think, 92, maybe wow. 93. Wow. Um, has always been... Like my second mom, mm-hmm. because uh, West Sider. Yeah, I know. And um, your sister was over there um, to visit with them yesterday. Well, this would be Wednesday. Okay. And um, I just, you know, it's it's it's, it's kind of like the end of an era because for I all know. of us who were the same age, um, Joan's mother was the last one of that generation. Yeah. So, anyway, Joan is obviously here, and her sister, Janice, who lives in Nashville, Tennessee, is here. Her brother lives in Scranton, in the house uh, where um, they were raised. And it's right off of Warm Street, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, um, that's, that's a sad chapter. But that's what I'll be doing on the weekend. And then we're probably going to go up to the lake because it's supposed to be a wonderful weekend um, temperature wise. And this could be maybe the last weekend of good weather with the boat. Yeah, because you have to have it out by the end of the month, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. So we'll look forward to that. And um, 
That's about all I can say about what I'm doing for the weekend. I also want to say that another very dear friend of my mother's, a woman who was in that card club they had, which they started when they were in, I think, their 20s. <laughs> and they used to meet um, once a month. They, they would play Canasta. They mm -hmm. would play Pinochle. And it was it was really an excuse for all these women who were mothers and wives. To get away from the kids and the husbands, right? Yeah, to I go and, and do something fun. So um, one of the women, Mary Salamita, um, is, uh, she also passed away. I think it was Monday or Tuesday of this week. So uh. my um, condolences to her family. And um, the, she's another West Sider. There we go. So there you are. <clears throat> so uh, that's that's all I have to say on the um, sad side of sad things. Sad side of things, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, another happy side. Do you know that Miss Evelyn Rafalco McNulty's birthday is a few days, just a few days before yours? I do. I do. Because you saw it on Facebook, I didn't did. you? And do you know something is happening where it's not alerting me on my Facebook to Facebook birthdays? I don't know what's going on. Uh -huh. I, I just want to... Um, uh, say happy birthday to Evelyn as well. Mm -hmm. She, I was talking to her this morning, and um, again, birthdays are good. We also want to say um, thanks for, to everybody who actually made it through Irma and all of our families oh, that we yeah. were worried about last week. Um, I'm assuming your brother did fair okay it was fine. They had literally no damage other than the power being out and yeah. some leaves in the pool nothing thank yeah, god because he's same. on the far east coast so it and low enough that it wasn't when it went kind of went back inside and over so no he didn't thank god just power and that's bad enough but power yeah especially in florida yeah because um, it's hotter than you know uh, what and muggy and ugh. well my brother got back from uh orlando where he thought he would be safer but it appeared that orlando took a worse hit than where he was near Fort Lauderdale. Uh -huh. So he was very happy to get out of there and get back. So I did have a chance to speak to him because their power came on, I think, I want to say Tuesday. Okay. Um, brutal. But uh, he's he was so delighted that he could go to bed that night and sleep uh -huh. with the air conditioning I on. I know, because it's been tough. It's been, and I think the power in my brother's place because my nieces and my sister-in-law were leaving today to go back to Florida mm -hmm. and the um, friends of Meyer had um, he had two of his buddies well they were up here for the whole month of, of August I guess little into September and then they just stayed and they said their power just came back on on um, a Thursday or Wednesday morning yeah. so Thank well, God. that's good. And, but there's um, complete mess and devastation yep. in so many areas. It's disgusting. Whether it was flooding or flooding and damage, it's uh, unbelievable. When you see the footage, it's looks like a war zone. Terrible. And why everybody kept saying, happy to be living in Northeast Virginia. Exactly. <laughs> I said that, too. I said, you know what? I'll take, people were saying, that I'll take snowstorm any day. Yeah, me too. Really. I mean, I hate the snow, but... And it's winter, it's what it is. But we are, as we, remember, we said that with Pat the other night, how fortunate, mm -hmm. I mean, we are to live in this, in this area. Yeah. So it's all good. Yeah. And um, I so just want to tell any you. Any other shout outs here? Yeah, no, but I just want to tell you about um, 
we're having our um, hospice remembrance walk is coming up on the 30th of um, September at McDade Park. And you can register online at www.hospicesacredheart.org or show up the day of at McDade. Registration begins at 9. The walk begins at 10. It's a wonderful. It's our second annual, and uh, it was a great time last year. And right now, at the number of pre-registered walkers, which is almost 400, we are at what we did the day of last year. Wow. And it's two weeks out. In Scranton, everybody's late. Tons of teams. We have, I think Sarah said, 25 or 26 teams. If you have a team of five or more, you get a $5 discount off the per walker charge. Um, T-shirts and a light breakfast and lunch and an ice cream truck and a balloon release and a DJ and photos and it's just going to be face painting and a mural. It's it's going to be great. So we're we're looking forward. And what it is is bibs and the people walk in memory of their loved one and it is a very thoughtful day there's no running it is just a mile around the pond at mcdade and i'm back up to the pavilion and it's a very thoughtful peaceful kind of remembrance of your loved one yeah so um anyway that's happening on the 30th of september just to clarify well november 9th it'll be uh two years that my uncle Uh passed from and he was at hospice, hospice yeah. Sacred Heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah. You know, was somebody came in yesterday. We were having our walk meeting down at the Center for Education, and a woman came in to drop something off. And she's someone, I don't know who she was or where she works, but she's someone that works with hospice. And she came over t- to say hello to someone who was sitting at the end, and I think it was Sherry Melnick, and she came over to her, and she said, excuse me for interrupting, but I just have to say, um, you, this organization does incredible work, so thank you. And, you know, she said, don't mean to interrupt, but who's not going to want to hear that? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just, it is. They truly do, every one of them. So, um came a long way in 13, 14 years. Diane Baldy leading that charge is, it's just unbelievable. It is. So, um, but yeah, it's, the work they do is tough, Lynn. It is. It is very difficult. But thankfully, they exist. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And Uncle Tom, did he, was that his decision? It was mine. Yours, okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he had, he had been told that there was nothing more they could do in the hospital. And so he had a choice of a couple different hospice places. And I asked him if he had any preference, and he said no. And I said then... Then it'll be what you want. And right. you chose correctly. Yes, well, yes, he yes, chose. Yes, you did. And it's fine. And I, and I was very happy with it, with the entire process. I thought that the people there were incredibly compassionate. Mm-hmm and uh, went out of their way to do things to make people feel comfortable. I mean, really out of their way. Not what I would expect. Um, So maybe my standards are too low. I don't know. But I just think that they do an extraordinary job. Well, it's, 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 they, it is taught and it is expected. Yeah. And um, people stay, people are there and it's the work ethic there and it's what they believe in i mean it is as they say they hold every moment sacred and that that is true so um also uh 
we give a shout out too to the cultural centers having their 100 for 100 party coming up, their reveal party, drawing party, I guess I should say, um, where they will um, auction off with the $100 ticket. They will auction off a $10,000 prize, a $5,000 prize, and a $2,500 prize, along with almost 100 other baskets or gifts that you can win when they pull um, your ticket based on the ticket that you purchased. And the most they're selling is a thousand tickets. So your chances are really good mm-hmm. for, for really good gifts. Mm-hmm. Correct, Lynn? I got the biggest gift of all. Yes, she did. <laughs> and we were talking about that last night because um, yeah. my mom said, who, do, do, will Deb have the ticket? Because my mom and my mother are buying a ticket. And mm-hmm. um, I said, yeah, well, next time you're with her, she'll have her tickets. And and um, my nieces were with us and we were at Alfredo's. Uh-huh. Shout out to Alfredo's. And um, we... Um, they were saying, well, what is it? So we explained it and they said $10,000. And we said, yeah. And, we, and I said, and my one of my dearest friends and my radio partner won the $10,000. And she goes, are you kidding? And Meyer said, it was so funny. He goes, we were sitting with her. And when they announced your name, she stood up and he mimicked you. He stood up and she went, yes. And it was exactly <laughs> what you did. He goes, that's exactly what. I said, Lynn isn't the most demonstrative person. So <laughs> that, what Meyer just did was a lot for Lynn. <laughs> and so was my I think my mother said, well, what did Patrick do? I said, nothing. He just sat there. <laughs> he yeah, figured, he had good no for her. Good yeah. for her. Yes. So, I mean, it really happens. I mean, it really yeah. happens. Timmy Doherty won the five and Aaron Malloy won the 2,500. Yes. I mean, real people that walk around Scranton are yes. winning this money. Yes, so it's, it's, a, it's a fun time and it's a, a good time. So that'll happen on the uh, 6th of... October, Lynn, Friday night, and my brother Jimmy, uh, Cadden Brothers Beer Distributor, and Senior Healthcare Solutions are the sponsors again this year of the post of the the um, drawing party at the cultural center. And it's an Oktoberfest party. Yes, that's October. There's an Oompa band, and you know Mm -hmm. the decorations were great, and all kinds of German esque food, and it was um, it's a lot of fun. Yes, we just had a good good. day and games like fun games and stuff. So it's going to be a good one. So Mm -hmm. anyway. so happy birthday to Miss Lynn Evans. Happy, happy birthday. And uh, we are going to be back with our dear friend Megan from uh, VREC as our one of our guest experts, followed then by Dr. Barb Plucknett. So uh, stay tuned. You're listening to Laurie and Lynn show and we'll be right back. It's Saturday morning with Lori and Lynn. Now, back to Lori and Lynn. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to the Lori and Lynn Show. No. I know. Believe it or not. I'm Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. And my name is Lynn Evans. I am the president and CEO of Northeastern Financial Consultants. We're a fee-only financial planning firm in Clark Summit. I'm also the author of a book called Power of the Purse, Fear-Free Finances for Baby Boomer Women, available on Amazon.com. And one of our guest experts today. First one of the day, right? Yes, first one of the day. Because we got two this week. We do. Is uh, from Veterinary Referral and Emergency Center, and her name is Megan. Is am I pronouncing this right? Patik Paddock. 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 Okay, Megan Paddock. Okay, 
So Megan Paddock is a certified veterinary technician who has worked at the Veterinary Referral and Emergency Center since September of 2011. She worked with Dr. DeNova as a surgery technician in Philadelphia prior to moving to Northeastern Pennsylvania to rejoin her as an emergency vet tech. She moved to the internal medicine department in February of 2016 as the lead technician. Her responsibilities include day-to-day oversight and scheduling of staff within the department, as well as continuing to provide outstanding patient care and support for clients. Dana, welcome. Hey, Megan. Megan. Hi, how are you, girls? First time. Are you nervous? No. Good girl. (laughs) It should be. Not with the two (laughs) of us. Well, Lynn, with the way you stare at people, she should be. Just kidding, Megan. See, it's very easy. We are going to talk today about some inappropriate animal behavior. Oh, okay. And what that means, and Megan's going to talk to us about things you want to look for and how you can help to diagnose some of the issues that may be behind what appears to be simple, inappropriate elimination. So, did I say that right? Kind of, sort of, but it's okay. All right, well, go ahead. Straighten me right out. Tell me what we're going to talk about. Uh, inappropriate urinations in the home, whether it's a cat or dog. Yeah. Uh, sometimes they can mimic other things. Yes. Uh, they can start out as possibly a behavioral issue. Yeah. Uh, maybe your cat wants to go in the litter box, uh, usually uses the litter box, and then maybe all of a sudden he goes a little bit out of the litter box, and all mm-hmm. of a sudden maybe he uses your bed for a litter box. Oh, okay. Which happens. Yes, because cats are kind of finicky. Yeah, well, they sure are. And what's the reason, <laughs> Megan? So sometimes for kitties, they your litter box could be dirty, dirty. and they don't like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may not have enough litter boxes for your kitty. The usual number of litter boxes is one and a half litter box per cat in your household. Mm-hmm. Which not many owners know. Mm-hmm. Um, another reason could be your kitty could be having a, a urinary issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it's a UTI or uh, something's, uh, you know, bothering his urethral area. Um, let me think of any other reasons that a kitty wouldn't go outside of a box. A kitty would, but what about if it's a cat? Like, I... Like, I'm, I'm saying kitty meaning cat. Oh, okay, good. Because cat. I'm making sure, because I say that I kitty call cat. cats kitty cat. Yeah, yeah kitty okay. Cat. So, you know what, Megan? Um I know that people, and I've a friend of mine who I'm thinking right off the top of my head had the issue with the cat. It was an older cat, and when she got mad, so to speak, the she cat, would, the cat, yeah, she would go on the her in her room on her bed, and she would she would tinkle on her bed, and and I'm, like it's almost like it was. Um, if she wasn't there enough or it was just behavioral. Disor- yeah. So, so it, th- is that defiance? Like, uh, yes, it really? could be behavioral, could be a little bit of separation anxiety. anxiety yeah. Um, but something that we do see with pets that have frequent urinary tract infections, that could be one of their, uh, I want to, I don't want to use the term loosely, a uh, symptom. Something that they have regularly that would trigger their owners to know that they ha- they're having an issue or an episode. The cat would usually use a litter box, but when it seems to have an irritation and goes into a flare-up of a UTI, they use inappropriate areas in the home. And it's just because they can't help it, right? They can't get yeah, somewhere they, fast they, enough, maybe? They kind or? of feel like they have no. a... A UTI is uncomfortable, so yeah. it's just a kind of a feeling that I have to go pee and I have to go pee now and I have to pee somewhere. So they pee inappropriately, which would kind of then trigger to the owner that 
something's going on with the cat. It's not quite okay. Oh, so they, okay. they're doing it intentionally because they want you to notice. Yes, I see you know. So pay attention. There's something wrong yes, with me. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. What about dogs? So dogs can do that too. Um, some of the things that factor into that are how old is the dog? Is it a geriatric dog? Is it a little bit up there in age? Just a teensy bit? Um you know, is the dog tell you it has to go outside and you're just not really paying attention to it? Uh, yeah. My dog, my little one, and I hear this from everyone when I, God bless them, neither of them are with me anymore, but because they both have gone to the Rainbow Bridge. Yeah, to the yes. Rainbow Bridge. Um, and, but the little one who was a Lhasa Apso, mm-hmm. she was a little boldy. So I think it was almost like, again, behavioral, because I think she would just do, just do it to do it. I mean, she would stand there, look at me, and just stand there and tinkle. Mm-hmm. And I would, it would freak me out. And she would just do that, not all the time, but occasionally she would do it. It was almost like if I wasn't home the day before as much or whatever it was, it seemed like she was... Doing it on purpose, yeah. Yeah. Like she looked right at me, and I would think, "You little, mm." (laughs) yeah." I I personally have a, I think she's twelve, twelve-year-old English bulldog. Obviously, she's up in age. She was your, she was drinking, she was drinking a lot and urinating a lot in the home. Uh, She probably went outside about four times a day since my mom's retired and can do that. But she was also urinating overnight. So it was kind of a cause for concern for me. She's a bit of a, you know, she's in that geriatric category. Mm -hmm. So I brought her into work. We did some blood work. I just wanted to make sure that she wasn't a diabetic. Mm -hmm. Um, Our Dr. Ferguson for internal medicine did an ultrasound. She found that uh, her adrenal gland had a little bit of a cyst in it and one was a little bit larger than the other, which was an indication that she could have um, obviously... An, an, an issue with that. So then we had to test her. We had to do an ACTH stimulation test to see what is going on with her adrenal glands since we ruled out the fact that she's not a diabetic because uh-huh. <laughs> diabetics do urinate and you're and I'm drink. Sorry, you're, drink a lot, yeah. urinate a lot mm-hmm. in the home inappropriately. Right. So based off of that, we found out that she was an Addisonian. We started. Yeah. It's. Um, I'm glad you said that. I'm <laughs> thinking, what does that mean? It's it's a disease process when, um, I I might get this wrong that there's not enough of. But it's an illness, is yes, what you're it's, saying. It's, it's an Ooh, illness. It's, right. okay. it's, it's an illness that they need a medication to then balance. Remember, Megan, you're not the doctor, so I know. that's a big thing to remember. <laughs> yes, it is it's okay it is that you don't know it. All I'm I want to know is it is a, it is an illness. It's a disease okay. that can be treated with a with a medication. Uh-huh. Yeah. So pretty much what happened is we got her that medication, and then her urinating and and drinking a lot in the house kind of. You know, ceased and she got better. Well, yeah, so, okay. These are very treatable. And, and Twelve is is, is a good long life for a bulldog. She is, is. is she American? Did you say no, American? She's bull- an English English bulldog. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, yeah. Wow, her her mother preceded her to fourteen. <gasps> wow. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Oh, what about other animals? Do they all have? I mean, I guess they all do. Everybody can act sort of weird or bizarre for the day, or have emotional or, like you said, behavioral issues. But do all like like just say a bird, like 
Do you know anything? Do you, do you guys treat birds there? Or no, no. So see, kitties and doggies. Kitty, yeah. So see, but I, they all. I, I'm assuming that everybody acts because even the animals out in my yard, squirrels and rabbits and all those things, they act weird sometimes. Do you ever see them like squirrels? Uh, no, I can't ever say that. I you have never observed. watched a, a squirrel doing weird things. It's it's a squirrel thing. It's no, not a weird thing. It's, even it's a squirrel than their thing. Usual thing. But okay, <laughs> I, so, I don't know that wildlife has a connection to an I to a human. I'm just saying exactly I, it, on a it daily makes basis. Me think of all the weird animal <laughs> behaviors. <laughs> Unless you're hand feeding your squirrels on a daily basis. I know people who do. I don't. Oh, I know plenty of good. people. Yeah, I know. But so what what happens in a situation like that? When you have animals that say it isn't medical and it's behavioral, what happens? What's the best way to... to it, it takes a little bit of restructuring, uh, a, a matter of getting them outside more often. Is there enrichment in, in their environment? Uh, from a cat perspective, is there more than one cat, cat in the household? Do you have enough litter boxes for that cat? Is that cat stressed out? Because mm. stress can lead to... Not a happy kitty, not using a litter box. Wow. So Can it's you one... imagine what would make a cat stressed out? A cat, yes. a cat of all animals. Yes. Who lay around, look at birds, probably because they couldn't get the bird through the window or something. Well, that, <laughs> you know what I mean? Do your cats ever get crazy because they can't get to them? Yes. It's, and it's, yeah. it's some of the weirdest things. I mean, there could be a stray cat outside that really upsets now the cat at true. night when yeah. you're sleeping and you don't know it. they can t- And they sense smell it. that yeah. because that might be a male cat mm-hmm. and it sprays your door and you right. can't smell it, but your inside cat smells it and it really upsets it. Yes. Wow. Yeah, I've noticed that, that there have, I have two, yeah. so one of them may be over at the door and see one of these outside cats go by. So he will just flip out and run over to the top of the couch to follow the cat outside, then run over to the next window, and if the cat comes up on that porch, even though the door's shut, he goes nuts. Does he try to get out the screen or something? Yes. So then if he can't, then he turns around and takes it out on his brother. Mm-hmm. And that's what Which they do. Which one is that that usually does it? That would be Hops. The gray one? Yeah. Yes. It's okay. redirected anger. Yes. Wow. And so th- that's... <laughs> so funny. I know, but you you see that, you understand it, you know what's going on, and it's temporary. So <laughs> literally the other day, I came home, and they were running after each other like crazy. And, and I could hear Calvin just crying because... Hobbs was biting him or doing something. They're playing, I guess. I don't know. But I said, okay, enough for you. I picked him up and put him upstairs in behind the door in the bathroom or the bedroom and said, you need time out here, boy. Oh, my God. And what does he do? Scratch at the door? No. But the funny part was Calvin went up and sat on the other side of the uh, the door and waited for me to come up and let him go. uh, But the thing is, he just was going crazy, running up all up and down the furniture, just going like a madman. So that's that causes stress or just. Yes. Okay. Yes. So I that's a timeout. That's Mm -hmm. behavioral. The hard part with kitties, too, when they get stressed, they can, you know, get other issues uh, to the point where they're having problems urinating because there's stress involved. Yeah, if it's continuous stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (sighs) So, you got to watch. And do do you think, Megan, that cats seem to stress more than dogs, or is there no, it, it just doesn't matter? Or a certain breed is more freaked out than the others? I would say probably probably cats 
cats get are it quicker. worse. Okay. Yeah. And why is it too? And this is just a weird question, but why is it that little dogs think they're nine thousand pounds and big dogs <laughs> think they're lap dogs? <laughs> Did you ever notice they want to? They, they're they're like they're big and they're burly, and little ones go after them like with the vengeance, and they're just so calm. You mean my four pound Yorkshire terrorizer who yeah. has a Napoleon syndrome terrorizer. goes after who? Anybody? Oh, everybody, anybody, and everybody. He's Napoleon's. <laughs> yeah, I think she's a probably. She's a four-pound furry squirrel that, that actually really rules the house. Yeah, yeah, she's a furry squirrel. Oh she, my god! She doesn't know she's that little, but she thinks she can kick everyone's. Butt. But you see what I mean? They mm-hmm. think they're so, and then you have these big dogs that are just so passive and. Yeah, well, it's keyword terrorizer. So I yeah, I love it. Oh my god! Well, Megan, tell everybody how they can get in touch with you guys at um, v, uh, VREC. We can be reached at any time of day and night, 365 days a year, at 570-587-7777. And we're more than happy to help you out with anything that you guys need. And your website? Uh, I think it's V-R-E-C-P-A.com. Right. Mm -hmm. There you go. Megan, thank you very much. And again, don't stress out your dogs and cats and here with them a little on the stuff they have to do. I love them. Anyway, Megan, thanks. You did a great job. Thank you. We will be right back. You're listening this morning to the Laurie and Lynn Show and Dr. Barbara Plucknett will be up next. Thanks. It's Saturday morning with Laurie and Lynn. Now, back to Laurie and Lynn. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to the Laurie and Lynn Show. I'm Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. And my name is Lynn Evans. I am the president and CEO of Northeastern Financial Consultants. We're a fee-only financial planning firm in Clark Summit. I'm also the author of a book called Power of the Purse, Fear-Free Finances for Baby Boomer Women, available on Amazon.com. And one of our guest experts today is Dr. Barbara Plucknett, who is the owner of Advanced Gynecology Associates in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Welcome, Dr. Plucknett. Good morning. Good morning, So, here we are. (laughs) What do we have to talk about today? Well, there's a new product on the market that I thought um, we would chat about um, very tactfully. Uh, we've talked uh, in other uh, discussions about vulvar vaginal atrophy, changes that we see with menopause. Um, uh, people would say, you know, dryness and um, difficulty in that area of the world. Um, so when we start talking about the genitourinary symptoms of menopause, vaginal dryness is one of those symptoms and atrophy or the thinning of the tissues is the likely cause of those problems. So we've talked about it many times. We used estrogen creams and we've talked about different estrogen products. And more specifically, we've talked about it with the use of the new laser, the Mona Lisa Touch, which has been a fabulous addition for this um, problem as it is a non-hormonal method of correcting the dryness and the atrophy by um, using the CO2 laser to um, revitalize the tissues and put them back into um, a normal healthy way. We've actually had great success using the Mona Lisa Touch and, and I still feel that that um, is a great offering and I'll tell you about why I still that uh, has, a, has a role. But this new product that has come out, um, it actually was FDA approved last year in 2016, um, but it is just coming to market now. And this product is called Intra Rosa. Uh, Intra Rosa is 
DHEA. Now, we've mm. talked a little bit about DHEA when we talk about adrenal hormones, um, adrenal stress, adrenal fatigue was a word coined um, by very many people in years past. But DHEA is its own hormone. It's made by the adrenal glands, which are tiny little glands that live on top of your kidneys. And it is thought to be a stress hormone. The good thing about DHEA is it's thought of as a pre-hormone for the production of other hormones. So I always say that, you know, you want to make sure you have enough DHEA available because DHEA turns into other things. For instance, it turns into testosterone or estrogen. And so I think that's where the role of this new vaginal DHEA is coming into place is that it is somehow converting into an estrogen-like substance if not estrogen itself. And it is used uh, as a vaginal suppository. It has a, a little applicator, so it's not difficult to use. It is meant to be used on a daily basis. They come as pre-filled um, little applicators. And it has shown um, to be increasing the healthiness of the vaginal tissues and preventing the dryness factor. They did study it um, compared to our usual things like the vaginal tablets and the vaginal estrogen creams and they found it to be um, similar in its, in its effect and its efficacy. And they actually studied it over a 52-week uh, period of time, so a whole year, um, and they didn't have any concerns um, other than a greater than 2% chance of subvaginal discharge, which you could imagine might be an issue using a vaginal suppository. So I do think that, um, you know, having an yet another means of controlling vaginal atrophy and the symptoms associated with that is a great thing to have. The couple of questions that came to my mind as I was looking at this new product was, well, what about blood levels? Can we measure these levels? Is this a problem? And mm -hmm. the studies that have, have been done so far did not show any measurable levels in the system. Now, they also say that it hasn't been on the market long enough to guarantee that that's not the case. Um, but just as we talked about using vaginal estrogen creams, there really aren't measurable levels that we worry about causing uterine cancer and breast cancers and things of that sort. And so I think the thinking is going to be similar for using this vaginal DHEA. They are not recommending that we use it in breast cancer patients. And that is where I still think the Mona Lisa Touch definitively outranks any other option because Mona Lisa being non-hormonal um, is, is the answer to people that have breast cancer and um, have vaginal dryness and cannot absolutely use any of the other therapies on the market, especially when they've been newly diagnosed. But outside of that population with people in breast cancer, um, they also say, you know, we shouldn't use it with people with undiagnosed, um, you know, abnormal bleeding, which would make sense also. But outside of these populations, you know, vaginal DHEA, um, known as intrarosa, should be an option for help with vaginal dryness. Barbara, when you say uh, you talked about the Mona Lisa laser treatment, that it's non hormonal, which is what makes it such a great idea because it, you don't have to worry about messing up the hormones but if if that is the case and there are um, other conditions that would probably respond well to non-hormonal treatments 
aren't there other opportunities or possibilities uh, with this kind of technology down the road that you can see that rather than having take rather taking something that has to go through your entire system and be something that would um, potentially wreck wreak havoc with your hormone levels if this is so effective this mona lisa program is so effective in getting to the source of the problem wouldn't there be other applications for that yes and you know and, and if truly the problem with mona lisa is it's not yet covered by insurance whether it will be or won't be yeah. remains to be seen so while it works wonderfully well and i've actually we've also been using it for skin conditions um, lichen sclerosis which is also a a menopausal or a hormonally shifting change in the skin we've had great success with people that haven't done well with you know prescription creams and things of that sort so while there's great application of the laser and it does work um, it is not a covered entity now this um, intrarosa DHEA um, is FDA approved it is now getting into some of the insurance plans and of course there's a coupon code that you can use so they have your copay set no higher than twenty dollars for these medications mm -hmm. so it becomes in the realm of reasonable from a cost perspective i will also add that i use dhea in general for patients that i want systemic levels i measure blood levels for dhea because i know that dhea levels decline with age I know that DHEA levels will go down with excessive stress, and I know that DHEA supports all of your other hormones. So I actually don't mind having systemic levels of DHEA, and I don't feel that it puts you at a risk, and I'm very comfortable monitoring those levels and keeping them within range. We use oral tablets um, for other folks who do have hormonal imbalances trying to achieve normal levels. So I don't feel that there's risk in using vaginal DHEA I think that we may see that it, it, it's another option for women who struggle terribly with that symptom. Um, it's one of the largest complaints I see in my practice, vaginal dryness, vaginal atrophy, painful intercourse. Um, it, it's really a huge issue. And so for me to find yet something else to be able to offer patients is just a great opportunity. I'm really surprised that you're actually getting women to admit that they have that issue. Because it's been one of those things that, uh, you know, as well as so much of menopause, it's always been something we never talk about. We just endure it. Um, it I'm is really still surprised. one of those things that's not talked about. Um, actually, the yeah. same company did this the uh, study, and um, you know, they they looked at the percentage of responders that talked to their physicians about this, and almost 50% of postmenopausal women in the United States never discussed their vulval vaginal atrophy symptoms with their healthcare provider. So you hit that one right on the head. You knew that this surprised. is what the study was going to show. Um, yeah, so, so Barb, is that, time, whole, is, sure. that from, is that, do you think, have they done a study versus on women who have female gynecologists versus women who have male gynecologists? I don't think that they looked at that. They didn't carve out that aspect. And that, of course, would make a big difference for me. Only, yep. only understanding that my patients say that to me, that they find yeah. it easier to have that conversation. Or I bring it up at the time of the exam and say, oh, by the way, this is what I notice. Do you mm -hmm. have... Because right. if I see that the tissue color has changed or the, the integrity of the tissues is less than it might have been five years prior, I can mm -hmm. say to them very you know, easily, you know, do you experience A, B, C, or D? And 
I think we have something for you. Yeah, because it's so much easier. There's safety in numbers, you know, so that when you know someone understands it, it, and you know what, you're not as embarrassed about it. You know what I mean? It, and you shouldn't be, but we are because it's such a personal thing. So I think it's easier with a woman, but that's just my opinion. Yeah. And, and of course, they didn't look at that with this study. Um, no, of and, course. And that's, that's, you know, provider and patient relationship dependent. But, um, you know, it really is a difficult subject. It is. Um, yeah. you know, people have a hard time bringing it up. And that's why I try to talk a lot about these things, because I think that, you know, we have them. We have the Mona Lisa, we have these creams, we have um, suppositories, we have all these other things. Um, and I, I just want women to know that they have options. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yep. do you also think that women find it more difficult to admit to, um, I'm, well, I think part of this piece, and maybe this is just me, superimposing something on this but i think the fact that um that what you're talking about refers to any kind of um sexual activity in and of itself is something they don't want to talk about because Correct. it's you know all right so we've got the issue of vaginal dryness and which is something that you can clinically diagnose and discuss but the fact that you may be having any kind of problems with um, painful intercourse is not something that most women would, we wouldn't go there. We might talk about right. the clinical issue, but nobody will talk about the other piece of it. Correct. And, I, and you I know, think in my I, other world, my vaginal, yeah. my bladder world, you know, vaginal atrophy contributes to overactive bladder. So people mm-hmm. have urgency and frequency, and I can I can also talk about that side of things as well. So it it is a hard subject, and you know we we do want to be able to make sure that we make people feel comfortable that they can bring this up, and then we have a, a, a multitude of options for people to try. Yeah, yeah. Thank God. That's, That's right. Out there now. That's why I thought this was a good new product on the market. And Barb, you may, people may not want to talk about it, but that's why we like this show to do this, that we go where most people won't in the, in the discussion. In a very of, polite way. <laughs> in a very polite way, what, you know, to listen to. And it's funny because I was talking to a friend of mine today, and um, we, uh, they said, well, what's on your show this week? I said, well, actually, um, Barb Pluckner, our gynecologist, and he said to me, I think I'll skip that. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, no, no, no. That's where you learn the most. <laughs> and he well, was laughing. Okay. They can okay. always tune out for a little bit if they don't really like the topic of conversation. No, no. Like, they you know, listen all it the also, time. It, it is a topic that you can pass on to loved ones and, and you know, sisters Absolutely. and whatever it is that you want to talk about, you know. Well, the and, bottom line is people listen. So that's a good thing. Oh, good. And Barbara, tell everybody where they can find you. Um, so our office is located across from Regional Hospital uh, at 743 Jefferson Avenue in Scranton. <coughs> our phone number is 570-344-9997. We would love to see you and have a conversation and talk about options if this is something that might help you out. That sounds there we great. Go. Well, thank you. Thank you, um, Barb, and thank you, Lynn. And again, make sure everybody wishes our, our Lynn a happy birthday. So um, we will be back yeah. next week. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great weekend. Be safe and please be nice. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.